Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont. And with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well, sir. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing fine. That's good. You know? yeah. it's the, we're, we're saying goodbye to a series that we've been talking about for about four years now, four to five yep. years, because we had that blackout period. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> but, yeah. and... And we're we next week will be our last show of 2023, and we got some lists. Got some lists. Checking it twice. Yeah, Check. I started. Yeah, Check yeah. Um, yeah, I, I added I added another film to to my list this week, but uh, but yeah, it's hard to believe that we're this is our penultimate show for the year. You see. What happened to don't tell me what's on your list? Because now I, I kind of figured when you DM'd me about about the list, which yeah. for those listening, it's leave the world behind because he just watched that this week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and and you and you and in my defense, I'm not spoiling this, but on the rundown it even says spoilery free thoughts about leave the world behind from Will. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so so will besides really enjoying to it um enjoying the movie yeah why don't you share your thoughts about it without any additional spoilers yeah yeah so leave the world behind us on netflix uh, i think it had a limited theatrical release as well um it stars Marshall ali um Julia roberts ethan hawk kevin bacon's in it and uh, a couple other uh, can't remember any kids who were their actors who would play the kids of uh, Ethan Hawke and Julia Roberts. But uh, basically, it's um, a film from that was based off a book of the same title. It came out I guess around 2020, and um, it's produced by actually Michelle and Barack Obama, um, and directed and written by Sam Ishmael. Which anyone who's been listening to us for for some time knows that um, that's. Uh, we were big fans of Mr. Robot, even though, uh, speaking of endings, um, ended some some years ago. But uh, it, you know, as far as the the, the plot, not get, you know, won't give into anything that you haven't probably heard, uh, either reading a summary on Netflix or come across social media, or whatever. It's basically an a apocalyptic drama thriller mm-hmm. where um, a incident occurs and the the two families uh that uh that are subject to the film is is, is they're in new york city and um uh, they all end up in a vacation home uh after this after this apocalyptic event happened and the cool thing about the story is that it, it gives you little nuggets about what it could be but it also leaves it open to like the viewer's imagination uh, as well, so you, you you do get nuggets of news reports and things that happen, but at the same time, um, it, it, you know it leaves things open for for interpretation. And yeah. so yeah, so you know, so they also Julia Roberts and uh, Ethan Hawke you know, and their family ends up in this vacation home. Marshall Ali's character and his daughter end up in the, come to, come to the home. And again, I don't I, I, I won't say more than that but they're together and and then it's just basically an exploration of like what happens to humanity when something like this occurs and and you know i would say it's it's about a two and a half hour long movie um i broke it up and i will say that the first the setup is a bit of a slog i'm 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 not gonna say it wasn't um and, and it takes a minute for things to go but then once we get to that really critical po- mid, I guess about almost at the midpoint in the film or so, maybe in the first 45 minutes or so is when it really starts to go. And once it goes, it just it just sucks you in. And I was because I was planning on just like probably breaking it up over another night. Next thing you know, I'm like done. <laughs> it's like done watching it because it just pulled me in. Um, the ending again, spoiler free, but uh, you probably have seen some chatter if you are very active on social media about this film as far as the ending that it's definitely one of those endings that will either work for you or it will not but again it leaves things open for the viewer to decide what happens which 
for me, it was like, huh, I I I really enjoyed it. Thought, uh, you know, and strongly recommend it to folks, especially if you're, you know, as far as getting into the, the the cinematography and the directing and stuff. A lot of takes from Sam Ishmael. If you watch Mr. Robot or if you watched Homeland, uh, not Homeland, uh, Homecoming. Uh, which was another sh- yeah homecoming which was another show with julia roberts yep. um you know a lot of those themes and things that you you know those director trademarks show up in this film and 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 um yeah like i said i really really enjoyed it yeah i kind of wish you didn't tell me that he directed it i i would i kept seeing advertisements and in the back of my mind i'm like oh that's the one i should like sometime randomly just throw on in the background and so once you told me he directed it, I'm like, oh, man, I wonder if I had watched it without knowing would I have picked up on the fact that it was directed by him? Because he definitely has a signature style. And yeah. we saw that clearly, clear as day when we started watching The Homecoming and we're like, yeah, this yeah. this dude. Um, but no, so so that is the recommendation. I did throw on a different movie randomly. I don't know if it was before um, when we recorded last week. I think mm-hmm. it was. But um, I, because of TikTok, I randomly threw on the movie May, December. Oh, yeah. Have you heard about this movie? Uh, I have. Mo- mostly because of the Golden Globes. Yeah. But, um, it's not but- a musical. It's not yeah. a comedy. it is bizarre to me how it ended up there Mm. because this is an art house film it's it's very much and the subject matter is essentially a quote-unquote method actress played by natalie portman um goes and um studies for a role she's doing um these a couple who it's not we're all so for those who have forgotten about that this happening but there was an incident like yep. a long time ago between a like a married 30 something like i think late 30 year old woman and and she was a teacher mm-hmm. and she raped one of her students but ended up pregnant went to jail came out of jail, still went back to the kid. They ended up getting married when he was legal and had a family and yada, yada, yada. I think and they're so, still together, yeah. Um, no, no, she's, I actually heard that she died in 2020. Oh, okay. Um, and oh. right before that, they separated. Okay. Um, which makes sense. Now, again, it's not beat for beat the same relationship. Mm-hmm. But it's or, or even the same story, because in my mind, like there um, I'm watching this movie and I'm thinking, like, why? What's with the pet shop? What what happened there? I thought this woman was a teacher. And it's like, no, 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 <laughs> not in this. <laughs> this is not an actual like it's not about that story, but they used it as like, I don't I don't know if you want to say inspiration to. Yeah. For, for setting up this story. And um, and Natalie Portman plays, like Natalie Portman has two gears. She either has her commercial girl next door gear mm-hmm. or like the black swan in her. Mm-hmm. And in this, she's definitely doing black swan. Okay. Um, I, think, I think it's Julianne Moore who plays mm-hmm. uh, she who shall not be named. Yep. <laughs> Um, and then um, one of the actors from Riverdale, um, I'm, like Charles Malton, plays um, the husband. Okay. Who and, and he, he delivers a very good performance. And and they they all three of them do very good, like for for the roles that they are. He is more impressive just because of the complexity mm. that you're seeing and what mm. he was able to um, emote. And there is one line that is so chilling, and I didn't realize that it was taken um, while watching it. I did not realize the line um, was taken from an interview with the real-life couple 
Oh, wow. Um, that, that, in, and so I'm watching it. I'm like, whoa, that's really good dialogue. And then I find out because somebody did a screenshot comparison of the interview in that scene. And, and it's like, that's why it was so like, it hits you in the gut because this, a version of this actually did happen in real life. And that's wow. how fucked up this woman is. <laughs> like, <laughs> for her to say something like that and to be in denial. And um, so I do have to say, I think it was hyped up more for me. Mm -hmm. Um, because I I thought I thought the whole actress, like Natalie Portman's role was just like, okay, whatever, I don't care about this. I'm very interested in what's going on over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like it's it's really fascinating what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, but it's so so, but I also understand that they didn't um they didn't want to focus on that. They wanted to kind of use, I don't know, somewhat of a filter to mm -hmm. to look into that, but mm -hmm. not not actually go there to that kind of like gross, toxic, um, inhumane, arguably type of mm -hmm. relationship. Like to have that happen, it's just like all fucked up. Anyways, I've, I'm spending way too long about on this, but all I have to say is when I saw and heard about it being nominated for Best Musical and Comedy, I watched that entire movie. I did not laugh a single time, so I have no <laughs> idea well, who would determine that to be a comedy. And the yeah. subject matter, like, you are fucked up if you think that is funny. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it is, it is... The Golden Globes, and even though they have changed you know, ownership because of because of all the fiascos that the Hollywood Foreign Press Association had in the past, and I think they've been acquired by I think CBS or I think the Clark Productions or something now. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, whenever so whenever you mentioned that, well, I heard I think I heard on one of the podcasts we listened to mutually listened to about May December and and why they they're like why is it like in that category with the with the globes of musical comedy and and so you know and I, and I think i did see like yeah so i was like huh and then when I, I actually pulled up the list of all the other films that were nominated in that in that category and and and, and also just the globes period and i think it's just one of those things like you know they just you know i think the globes just like we can't put this in, you know, we only have X number of spots for like just general best motion picture for drama. And, you know, so, you know, when you look at those films, like Anatomy of Fall, Killer on Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, et cetera, um, they, you know, they just sort of lumped it in with the other. I, I, yeah. Company. Yeah. And, right. Right. Yeah. And there's always one that hap this happens to. Yeah. But I've never seen it to this degree. Like yeah. this this one really stood out just because in the past it's been like oh, that was kind of funny <laughs> but no this one really isn't funny and yeah. so it it just is like that I think that's why there's so much more of an uproar about this because yeah. it just as I was saying before, the subject matter alone, why that's mm -hmm. nothing funny about that. Yeah, yeah. And it's, there was definitely not a breakout musical moment in it. So <laughs> I'm very confused around that. And at the same time, to your point about, well, they do this or they find themselves doing this because they only have a limited number of spots for best picture. So does the Oscars. Yeah. And not like 99% of the time it's all dramas. So yeah, best if you don't. so yeah. it's just like, and this is an award show. There's limited spots for a reason. Yeah. I was surprised. It, it, I was yeah. also surprised when I was looking through the list and I, I don't want to necessarily go through all of them because I don't, no. these days I don't really care, but yeah. for everything I've been hearing about this movie, I, and um, especially the performances within it, I was surprised to see how absent Ironclaw was from all of the lists. Yeah, yeah. Especially, I've been hearing, um, 
amazing yep. things about Iron Claw. And yeah, it's like and the Saffron in particular. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they'll get some. Yeah. Cause even like, even the Critics' Choice Awards, they didn't, you know, it's just sort of like, okay, we're just going to go with the ones that you know, I think Jeff Snyder used the term groupthink. <laughs> and he's right. I mean, it's just like, we're just going to go with the popular or the, you know, the group, the herd mentality as far as some of these with these with these films and and some good ones are, are being left off and iron claws definitely sounds like be, definitely be one of them yeah but but, yeah yeah sorry i was just thinking about how somebody um was talking about how netflix released the most viewed programs mm, on yeah. the platform for the year did you did, have you heard what the number one is uh, you know, I had looked at it earlier, and I was going to put it on the on the list. Uh, yeah, Netflix did this week. Uh, dropped all the metrics. I know. Are you looking it up right now? No, no, I had it. I, it is off the top of my head. Hmm? I know you do. I know. I know. I, I remember the glory was one of them. Um, yep. Glory. Yeah. I think it came in at number two or number three. Three. Yeah, yeah. I know Bridgerton was one up there, pretty high. Um, I can't remember the first one though. Well, t- well. Well, I think it's Charlotte who's it's yeah, it's Bridgerton, but it's also not Bridgerton like me. Uh, But yeah, which I I watched. I was actually surprised by how many of them I did watch. I was surprised. So I I just need to understand we're talking about things that were also released within the same year because everyone was going off not too long ago about how many people on we're on Netflix watching Suits, mm-hmm. <laughs> all seventy thousand episodes of Suits, and I was so I was thinking, oh, that's going to be number one, but I'm pretty sure this is also like things that were also released in the same year. But it was Night Agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So ba- I guess I, I also don't remember anyone talking about this show. <laughs> no, no, I, I I don't either. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, so I guess Netflix. I guess it's one of the things that just that has come out from this. One of the good things from the strikes is um, basically being more transparent. I mean, it's the first time they've like dropped their metrics publicly, and um, yeah, and it was like I guess eighteen thousand total movies and seasons of TV shows, and this is just for the first half of like twenty twenty three, so it's not even a full year. Um, but yeah, they 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 yeah, but those were like. I guess that was some of the things that, you know, that we just talked about. And and also just, um, yeah, Suits wasn't one of them, considering, like, it seems like everywhere you turn, it was just, like, Suits, Suits, Suits. But, 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 also, but yeah. thinking about the list, all yeah. those shows we just named were also released this year. So I'm pretty sure that list was of, like, the most streamed shows on Netflix that also came out in 2023. Like, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, because suits, like, suits technically didn't start on Netflix. Like it's, yeah. it already had an audience beforehand. Yeah. That's why they made like eight seasons of it, and then it just, it just yeah. entered like syndication. <laughs> it yeah. got bought, and so yeah. now, now it's there. But yeah, it's it's like yeah, but I think yeah, but it's like all it was like they released everything, not only the things that came out the first part, you know, that were released right, at right. the 2023 yeah. release date. It's like everything. But interestingly enough, the office is still, it doesn't do, it's not so high in the U.S., but apparently globally people still outside of the United States are still fascinated with the office, which I guess was the suits before the suits, as far as Netflix, people rewatching old shows. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I yeah. Guess, yeah. Yeah, that's been, that's been, I mean, Seinfeld. I, I yeah. remember one time on holiday, um, randomly, because Seinfeld was on Netflix, we ended up watching like old episodes of Seinfeld, like just randomly. Yeah. That's usually what it's late night television. It's like what Nick at Night used to be back at the day. Yep. Like, yep. I'm, I'm I'm up all night, so might as well put on a really old show that I've seen a thousand times. But hey, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> um, Captain America Four is going through more reshoots and adds an additional writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, just real quick superhero news from the Marvel side. Well, a couple. I guess we had a couple things from Marvel this week. One was this one, and uh, yeah, of course we all know that Captain America four got bumped from summer to to February of 2025, and um, 
you know, typically these movies always have reshoots, but they're actually, I guess, it just didn't test well. And I guess, given Marvel has really no margin for error other than, you know, at all at this point, because I think uh, folks have really, you know, we, we won't beat that horse to death anymore. But bottom line is they brought in uh, the, the writer from uh, Moon, uh, Moon Knight, actually, um, one of the supervisor producers, Matthew Orton, is going to uh, come in and, and write some additional scenes for the reshoots. And um, and and they're apparently going to start filming that uh, first part of next of this upcoming year. Hmm. Um. Also, Marvel Studios has provided several animated show updates um, during the screenings of one of season two, um, including Eyes of Wakanda. Yeah, Eyes of Wakanda, I mean, there really wasn't much other that was it was part of a sizzle reel that dropped during the during the uh, screening. Uh, Not too many details other than that it's going to chart some of the. previous uh history of wakanda and wakandans searching for um past uh, searching for uh, uh artifacts made of vibranium and so that's 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 the only detail that was really given out about the show uh but beyond beyond that not much as far as when it's going to come out or anything like that none of that because this it's just really sounds like it's in early stages of development but i think i think ryan coogler is going to be a part of the series though Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other, the other two, other two <laughs> things. Oh, I didn't know if you were going to do it. I wanted me to. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were just going to go through the list. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, I didn't know if you want. Anyway, <laughs> I'll just quickly go through the list. Yeah. I mean, most folks probably know this already. The X Men, the X Men animated series '97. Um, it's a continuation of the series. Part of that sizzle reel had Gambit and Cyclops and uh, Wolverine showing up, and it is coming out uh, next year, 2024. And then the um, the Spider-Man show, animated show, originally called Spider-Man Fresh Freshman Year, has been retitled Your Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, and they showed showed Peter in a proto Spider Spider-Man suit, uh, and it's also coming out next year. But nothing about Marvel Zombies. Nothing about Marvel Zombies. Thank God. we got enough <laughs> zombies going on. All right. Um, the last bit of news is Will just wants me to say that the National Film Registry has added 25 more films. I was. This is one of the, the Library of Congress um, started in 1989, actually started cataloging films of culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant films that are at least... 10 years past the release date. Um, and yeah, they, they announced several ones this year. And it, I guess the reason why it was just kind of interesting for, for me from the standpoint of like, I thought some of these films were already in the registry, like uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. It, it, it's just now like getting into the National Film Registry. I thought it was already in there. Uh, Terminator 2 was one. Um, Terminator 2. <laughs> yeah. Home Alone is actually, it was also. Um, Selected this year, actually the uh, the uh, Turner Classic Movies was airing the uh, selection ceremony tonight, Thursday, December fourteen, as the, as of the date of this recording. Uh, but uh, Apollo thirteen is another one. But got a trivia question for you. Mm-hmm. Which MCU film is part of the registry? So it had to have come out ten years. Yep. And you said. And you said MCU specifically. Yep. It has to be at least 10 years old and be culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Iron Man. Oh, okay. Really? You're you're correct. It's it's Iron Man. (laughs) I honestly did not know that. But I was thinking Avengers would be too easy. Yeah. And I, I think everyone, ironically... And I think I have mentioned this during previous recordings. I did not see Iron Man in theaters. I did not see it when it first came on on video. I saw it like a good five years after the fact. (laughs) I think I saw my, I think I'm pretty sure my first MCU movie. I know for sure that my first MCU movie in theaters was um, Captain America 2. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I missed the entire first phase. Um, yeah. I didn't, yeah. I don't, I'm pretty sure I didn't even see Avengers. I think I started to look. Uh, no, Avengers came out like what in 2015? No. Uh, it was like no. around 2012. Yeah, yeah. 2012. Yeah. Yeah. So, hmm. Um, I need to check. I mean, it, I would think it would, if it's not, it, it'll probably it be nominated and, and entered very, very soon, I would think. Uh, because I, it, it, it would be weird. It's weird to me to think that Iron Man would get nominated before Dark Knight, though. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess, I guess the Iron Man, I guess, well, you know, again, given that Iron Man is the class of 2022, by that point, MCU has really developed into the creature the entity that we know that it is today so i think that's right, that's probably he's why like yeah. oscar yeah yeah <laughs> like, there is there is that there is that like, i'll have to i like yeah. dark knight i i totally understand what you're saying about iron man and that yeah. time but dark knight is always in the conversation when people talk about best comic book movies of all time yeah yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's like on. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I know it's on the American Film Institute, probably yeah. top 100 for sure. Uh, yeah. But I, yeah, I. That's a very good point. I, I have to look it up, and I will follow up next week on our uh, on our on our final episode. And, and I'll just I'll just say it right now. I don't think. Well, I I don't know, but do you think Black Panther will end up in there? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, now, yeah, and if we'll think about I, it, people, yeah, people can actually nominate. And I'll put, I'll drop a link on our, on our, in the show notes. But you can, you can suggest films for the registry, and you can vote, actually vote on films for the registry. Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Mm -hmm. No. It it but, will never be on the list. Um, maybe. Well, or okay, if yeah. you don't, okay. Who has a better chance, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse or Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse? Ooh, well, it's incomplete. Across the Spider, it's incomplete. So. No, no, <laughs> I call foul. I call foul. Okay. The, I think. I, I think. Black I think Panther the first one. Yeah. Black Panther is great. I totally understand the significance of it. But that third act is weak, okay? Yeah. That yeah. third act really, it drove me crazy. At the, so so if, if, if Black Panther can get in with a third act like that, then I think, I think Across the Spider-Verse deserves it more than Into the Spider-Verse, incomplete or not, just because <laughs> that is a damn well put together sequel like it's in the middle of two bookends and it fills it out perfectly and it's it's like it's yeah i think it yeah. i think it surpassed I, complete or incomplete like yeah. I, like I, I, everyone knows the best movie in the lord of the rings trilogy was the second one okay two yeah. towers yeah. okay yeah. the 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 big the first one too much too much walking too much walking and talking the last one way too many endings that had like a dozen endings <laughs> for one movie and yeah. it just went on and on and on the middle one it was mm -hmm. like we're we're already here we're gonna get into the action there's gonna be this awesome fighting sequences that I can't remember right now and a lot of mud and we introduce Gollum. Gollum's yeah. very prominent in the second one. And it's just it's just good. It's just good. Yeah. And then and then you're left knowing more to come. That's true. That's true. I mean I can I, I can see from an aesthetic standpoint as well as cultural. Yeah. I mean I, it, it, we'll, we'll have to have this conversation 10 years from now, but I think um it 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 will um i think it definitely will have a very good has a very strong case for getting in as far as being selected and if and if you know people probably will look back at both i mean quite frankly the trilogy um and just sort of see how it, it took the it took comic book animation movies to to another level yeah yeah and it's gonna go home with that 
that Golden Globe and going to get the Oscar for Best Animated yeah, Film. Yeah. And if yeah. it doesn't, because if it's the middle child, I call foul, foul. I call it offsides for anybody. Like, I don't watch <laughs> the film, but I even, because of Taylor Swift and because of Travis Kelsey, <laughs> I don't watch football, but I always see what's going on with the Chiefs every week. And yep. boy, oh boy, the offsides, like, call <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, boy. What a bunch of idiots. I'm sorry. I, I really yep. had, up until this past week, I really had a lot of respect for Patrick Mahomes. I knew yeah. Patrick Mahomes' name well yeah. before I knew Travis Kelsey's name. And yeah. I knew yeah. Andy Reid because mm-hmm. my my dad is from Philadelphia. So okay. put yeah. one plus one equals two. Yeah. So yeah. I, and I have three brothers. For those who are listening, I have three brothers. I grew up watching football on Sundays. I grew up knowing a, a general idea. In my adult life, do I? No. <laughs> <laughs> but... It's also, I'm so, so going into this week, I had a lot of respect to them, but boy, did they lose it because geez, what, what a bunch of poor sports, like poor sportsmanship, the biggest turnoff, you're getting all these new fans because Mm -hmm. of Taylor Swift, you're getting all these new eyes and a game and a call does not go your way. And you're going to be like. Oh, but it was barely. No, 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 no. There is no barely about it. It was offsides. The it was offsides. Yeah. It happened. Yeah. I, I've just been loving all the all, all the all the videos of, of Patrick and you know putting a Muppet yeah. voice over him. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, oh, poor the the kid. He this the unfortunate thing is, like he's now just gonna be a meme, and it'll yeah. take. So much longer for people to forget about this yeah. than than any future Super Bowl wins or any future accolades he gets. Like he'll yep. always be <laughs> like one of the first things that comes to mind when you say Patrick Mahomes will be that off sides call. I yep. mean, it wasn't <laughs> even like like he was. It, he was th- looking at it like, oh, Trav- everyone loves Travis, and it was a big play for him, and and mm-hmm. so he's going to stand up for his friend. It's like that's not how you play this. That's no, you no. should have talked to Taylor's PR team because they would have told you how to play this. Because exactly. That's not it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, uh, it's it's and it's and we're spending a lot of time on the news and a lot of time talking about football of all things. Be, because it's not that I don't want to talk Doom Patrol. It's also that um, I am glad this series has ended. Mm-hmm. Um, I am also a little, it's bittersweet because I do, for as much as the writing has not been the great greatest, I do have to say to have the last line be from Cliff, and I'm already jumping all the way to the end. Yeah, Forgive yeah. me, I do these things. But for have the very last line of the show be from Cliff, who just witnessed watching what hit, what'll happen to his grandson, what'll happen to his daughter, lie, a life essentially play out, and then to be like, I'm finally home, and mm-hmm. then to shut down. I thought that was a perfect ending. It was. It was I, I, so beautiful. It was. I was a mess. I, I will. I. I was. Um, oh, <laughs> I was. I, mean, I, get, I even now I'm getting like, I get it's it, it just now. Uh, literally every time I think, uh, literally this week because I, I I watched it earlier in the week and every time I thought about that ending, I just I don't know. I don't know if it's just as I get older, I just get more sentimental or what. But I yeah, it, it broke. I was just like, man, I I, I there's been. This year, there have been, like, several things as far as shows we've covered that, like, got wrecked me emotionally, and that mm-hmm. was one of them. <laughs> um, because it was such a powerful ending, and especially, you know, because it was the bookend of both, you know, it was appropriate to end the series with Cliff because he was the first character we met at the beginning of the, of the series. Um, oh, he's a standout. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I mean, w- hate him or love him or 
or like it's it's Cliff, it's Brendan Fraser, and he's the one who who stayed yeah. consistent throughout the entire show, yeah. but also didn't become a Larry where he just got tired of it. Yeah, and also let's give let's give a uh, let's give some kudos to uh, Riley Shanahan who uh, who played the who was the body of of Cliff because he mm-hmm. also um, just the the, the being you know it, you know obviously Brendan did the tremendous voice work and it's a big part of the renaissance <laughs> quite you know the, the work that he did on this show but Riley you know just doing the the body and the mechanics and you know and and, and the body acting and being the and even Matthew's up with Larry both of them um it takes a lot of work you know it takes a lot to to convey the emotions that you know, because I'm sure Britain is probably looking at him whenever he's probably doing his voice recordings, possibly uh, for for the show. And yeah, I mean, it was just a, such a such a real blending of of that. And also, you know, other thing I thought too with this show, it's, this is not it's bittersweet, but also it's like the end of like a, a chapter of DC too, um, big picture because you know. This was like, like you said earlier when we started recording this evening. Um, you know, it was this premiered like four, five years, four and a half years ago or so, and it was like one of the flagship shows of the DC Universe app. You know, it's one of the four, and it was yeah. the last one because you know we well, had we had Doom Patrol, ever. Titans, Swamp Thing, and uh, Star Girl. Yeah. 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 The first time we saw it was actually on Titans. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so we were right. I don't know if we said this on the podcast. I do know that we talked about this, but the butts did save the day. Yep. Butts (laughs) did save the day, and then Cliff would argue with Doom Patrol, and then, but then again, Doom Patrol also there would be no zombie butts if it wasn't for Zoom Doom Patrol because they kind of released it, and and it's a circle never ending circle of yeah which which i mean it made sense like w- w- listening to that entire conversation i think that sums up the show in a nutshell mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure that's what happened in the season 1 finale where the events of that first season none of it would have happened had doom patrol actually not been the way they are <laughs> yeah. yeah we wouldn't have roaches making out in the, in the, yeah, in yeah we know how to start a fire and then eventually we'll put it out in the most bizarre way yep. uh shout out to rita who yep. i kind of figured in the first episode would die i um eventually i was surprised though how they did it just because it wasn't that she died in battle or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that they end up getting all of their immor- immortality back because Immortus, who I don't even want to talk about because I have so many issues with that character, <laughs> but ends up finding success in the time stream with her butts, her zombie butts, and mm-hmm. their butterful choir. I'm not sure if she name dropped what their band named were, but so as repayment for all this success, they, she provides all of doom patrol with um, finger or toenails that they have to eat and then they get their longevity back. Yeah. And um, unfortunately Rouge is too late to give it to Rita. Who's already become a ghost. And then makes it very clear after like 25 minutes that she does not want them to go to the underworld and save them. And with the death of Rita, that means it's the end of Doom Patrol. Which I thought was also kind of fitting. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because there's something about Rita who she, I didn't like her character in the first season, but she definitely grew and became... um, someone who I really respected, especially her dynamics with, with each of the characters and her, her farewell just reminded me that of a conversation we had probably in season two, where Larry works when he is with Rita, Mm -hmm. there's something about, and for, I think seasons three and four, for whatever reason, the writers stopped pairing them up. 
Yeah. And that just drove me crazy where I was like, and I was reminded in this when they had their farewell, their yeah. separate farewell. And I'm just like, see, that's what I've been missing. I've been missing this dynamic because she did see him and he saw her and, and he's gay. So that's, I'm not talking like romance here, but there was a pure friendship, probably the yeah. purest out of all of these um, members of Doom Patrol. And so I really appreciate that scene, but at the same mm -hmm. time, as a viewer of the entire series, all I can think is, why, why now? Why, why? Yeah, you, you gave it to me first two seasons, took it away, complained about it, and then you're like, oh, and then we're gonna kill her, but they're gonna have their friendship moment. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that, and and I think that you know, and even. Even within universe, they do address that point uh, to the you know with the estrangement that they had, especially uh, with him not supporting her for team leader, and yeah. and 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 you know and and also you know with that third season, you know whenever they you know she you know that was really when she and Rouge really started developing their their pairing and relationship. I guess it was one of those things like, okay, we're going to take Larry in this one direction. We're going to take Rita. I think Rita, I think they needed to separate them because you're, you are right. She definitely showed the most growth of, of the, of the core group from where we saw her at the beginning of the series to, to the end where she, you know, she did become the, you know, basically, you know, you had Victor who was like, you know, superhero, traditional superhero and and rita who like learned how to be the superhero leader <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh, of the group and and i think she needed to be separated from larry i think because of well i mean you know larry separated himself from her i think is more so than him she separating herself from him mm -hmm. uh, because because of his usual self-loathing hate self you know diaper you know Cloud, cloud every single day. I love how Jane and, and Cliff called him out on that too. Whenever they were having that discussion at the end there, while while they were waiting to die, um, about Larry, give it up. Uh, and and so I, I I did like that they did sort of recognize that, and then they did have that that re that uh, you know making amends of uh, there in, in the in those episodes. But the thing that speaking of Rita. I think the thing for me as I was watching these last three episodes was how how she got I felt like she got sidelined. Um, and I think I mean and I understand I think I understand why they you know she they that you know since she was the the oldest of the of, of them all uh, made sense why you know why she aged faster than 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 the rest of the group. But I I I I, I just missed her presence because she really did just like you said, just grew so much as a character that by, by the end, I was just like, where's Rita? Uh, I need, I need Rita. <laughs> yeah. I need more of Rita. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting how Jane, I remember first season stole the show for me. Mm -hmm. And, and arguably I think it's a underground patrol. I mean, we all yeah. know, for those who have been listening to us talk about this show for as long as we have, everyone knows our favorite episode is Group Therapy, therapy Patrol yeah. um, from the first season. I'm pretty sure it's called that or Therapy Patrol. But I do remember the penultimate episode, I believe, is the underground episode. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that one just blew me away. Yeah. And it's very... It's very a very important episode, and the this season, especially in the second half of the season and the finale, man, they they did a Larry on Jane, <laughs> where <laughs> I just I was like I don't care anymore, um, and and I don't know it was it this might be like bad of me to say it just felt anticlimactic, mm. um where for whatever reason her storyline it makes sense what yeah. happens 
about how the underground kind of come together and they accept that the childhood trauma that occurred with Kay actually occurred with all of them, even though they were manifestations after its occurrence. Um, mm-hmm. But now that they've all, including Jane herself, have accepted that, no, that happened not just to Kay, but to all of us. We are one. We're the kaleidoscope. Like, yeah, you you get a sense, like, she found closure. She found peace and and is, is at one with everything. Yeah. Um, and now she gets to go and do fun space things with Casey. So that's cute. But at the same time, I don't know. It's just Cliff's ending, Rita's ending, both hit me a lot more and stood out to me a lot more than Larry's ending, than Jane's ending. And then Victor's was kind of like, okay. But Victor is also, he's, how about this? How about you share your thoughts on Jane, and then we okay. can talk about Victor a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. Let's yeah, because I, I do. I did want to speak on Jane before we got too far, because mm-hmm. there are a couple things. I I agree with you in the sense that it was it was the it was the predictable ending for her, for the character, for all in the underground to to make peace. And and you know, and we saw that coming, you know, in the in the the pieces whenever she whenever Cliff and, and Jane tried to go to, to Florida uh in Tomb Patrol in episode ten and and you know she started getting the flashbacks as far as like all the other person sixty five personalities, you know, being subjected to to being to being molested. Um and 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 then you know and then carried it forward to episode 11 with with the chief and those recording sessions because like you said you know i think it was a, the first and maybe maybe even part of the second season when we saw those sessions with the chief um and, and speaking to jane and, and with and and all and and learning more about what was going on with with that so it, yeah so when you know whenever they said the kaleidoscope and i think the, the third episode in the penultimate and i was like okay you know we and then we saw them them at the beginning of the, the finale working together and you know the powers being manifested and used to to fight mortis i thought that was great uh so it was yeah i mean it was it, I was okay with the ending. The thing that did get me with Jane's ending or Kay's ending was this the the, the hurried hurried relationship with with Space Case. Um, because uh, you know I know I think it was either I think it was the third season where she had the Shelley Byron relationship in the fog. Probably I don't. Yeah, really remember. yeah. I thought that was going to be because that was. That was the one relationship I thought that was where they were going to maybe w- would have gone with with Jane because I know if I recall from from that with with their interactions and stuff it was pretty pretty intense relationship and stuff and and so and maybe they just planted the seed there so that whenever Casey showed up you know we we did see that last when we, we were discussing the the musical episode last week with those numbers and their their pairing there you know there was definitely the romantic uh uh sparks between the two characters so maybe that was you know maybe shelly was just sort of setting the stage for like whenever you know space case did show up that's how she and she and jane went you know ended up being together in the you know in the capsule just which is just so conveniently had the dimensions of the you know apartment jane was looking for (laughs) right yeah yeah um yeah and then to go back to victor yeah um his his ending was fine victor Mm -hmm. has always been he's been a part of um doom patrol but at the same time he's like the cousin yeah (laughs) he's a normie (laughs) yeah he ends up living with his his aunt and uncle for a summer Mm -hmm. (laughs) his adventures like like there's something and and that these these last three episodes in particular really like that's what um 
stood out to me in terms of Victor, where he he's not he he's not at he's not rapidly aging right. um, like the rest of them because he doesn't have longevity. He's he he was um, cyborg, and he so he he was this a unique fixture of real superhero and Doom Patrol put together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why he worked once he did um, fully um, become a part of the team. And and you kind of needed that in this type of show where you needed that that member who fit but didn't fit. So could be semi-used as an avatar for the viewers themselves who are being used to this bear, or yeah. um, going on these adventures with this, um, this cast or whatever. Mm-hmm. But... Um, but him getting a look at his future and figuring out a way or or coming to terms, which which again, we knew like this would be the end for him when um in the sense of him finally making peace with with being both Victor Stone and being cyborg. And yeah. like these two identities can coexist. It doesn't have to be one or the other, which mm-hmm. for a lo- for pretty much the entire series, that's what he was battling and figuring out a way to still make a difference as just being Victor um, with teaching and everything. So, so I like it, but, and, and I could probably say that about all of the character endings where it's just like, yeah, I mean, we have spent the last few weeks complaining about how tiresome a lot of these storylines are, but that's they're tiresome because we know we know where it's headed. It's clear yeah. as day where it's headed. Um, so I wasn't thrown. At, that being said, I'm glad I wasn't thrown off like completely, being like, "Why the hell did they do? They they didn't do any character wrong." Right. Um, yeah. I would say that, they really yeah. didn't do any injustice to any of the characters. Agreed. Yeah, I think that's that's a good point. Like you said, with Victor, I mean, it was very, you know, I did like that they brought Silas back for one last episode for them together to talk to basically, you know, have that closure um, with their relationship, because that was such an integral part of those early seasons. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. So it was nice that they made it made amends. And and, and Silas was like, no, if you do this, if you go back to being cyborg, this is on you. You're a grown man now. Um, So I really like that. But you're right. They did. They did do right by all the characters, and they, and they kept each character true to themselves. Um, even down, even though sometimes it would get frustrating, and sometimes, you know, it felt like you know with Larry in particular, a lot of times, you know, things weren't moving forward. But you know, we did. You know, but with the episode, I think it was eleven, where the penultimate, where Larry is. You know, meets the alternate Larry in 1996, I think is when they were, um, and 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 meets the a version of a negative man, the negative spirit who who can mm-hmm. talk to him, actually talk to him and stuff, and and help him like, like look, you know, here's what it you know here here's what it means to be a father, you know, and and really like bookended a lot of things that Rita was trying to tell him about love and relationships and stuff. And, 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 you know, make something of it. And, and so, I, you know, so that was, re- I really liked the fact that they, that they did that. Um, and, you know, it was a good, you know, so that when we did, whenever he and Rama did end up leaving, you know, he diving into the ocean and finding a block of lead <laughs> uh, and they go up into the heavens to make a, a star or whatever, it was, um, it was, you know, like it was like you said, I mean, they, it was an appropriate finish for that character story. Um, one person that I did that was did seem to be a glaring omission for me was uh, Dorothy. Yeah. While I was saying um, that of like no character injustice, but Dorothy's face flashed in my mind where it's yeah. like. She was like surprisingly absent for a lot yeah. of the finale. Now yeah. that I think about yeah. it, but Dorothy, she, I feel like Dorothy had her season, mm-hmm. and where it went wrong is when they brought her back for the third season. Like, mm. like they, they, 
or or they really they introduced Dorothy in the second season. It was clear like she has her story. Yeah. Once the story finished, they should have been done with Dorothy. But yeah. for whatever reason, they kept bringing her back and and then it would change and it's like, "Whoa, whoa, I thought we were done with this." Like she's not technically a part of the Doom Patrol. So yeah, I I think the writers had a hard time letting characters go and yeah. really realizing that you have a core group mm-hmm. of characters with plenty of storylines to do them for. Every season you can introduce a new character, but once that story concludes, you got to let that character go because the roster is full. Like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, yeah, because I know, I guess they used her to basically bring Casey, which I mean, in the comic books, Casey is a part of the Doom Patrol and stuff. And, 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 and they, and they use Danny, the street to, to man, you know, to, to make that happen. But, uh, um, and I know we got the nice goodbye earlier in the season for Danny and Danny the street. So I don't think there was really a, a, a good way to like integrate Danny back into the, this back half to what, because it was already pretty full to begin with. So, uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, but a character I was happy to see back, and I, and I was and I was really surprised when when he showed up was the chief, because uh, because you know when we last saw him he was going to hang out with the the sex ghost and and do manner, um, but uh, but I like the way that they used they used the chief um, it, it, to in, in the penultimate episode as far as just um, sort of. You know, really f- closing out these folks' journeys, but you know, because he he was the one who was who had the longevity skin tag to begin with, and, and gave it to them for his for his experiment and his interactions with Cliff and the whole like predestination like situation there, where it was like Cliff was the one to like let it put him in the wheelchair. Um, hmm. <laughs> I was like, ah, so yeah, so maybe that's you know why their relationship one of the reasons why their relationship is as tortured as it was because i also had some sadistic like assuming that assuming that um he drank the forget forgetting potion that um um i'm blanking on his name right now um mark shepherd's the actor but i can't remember the character's name with i know who you're talking about i yeah. know what he's yeah. called yeah but um yeah yes yeah. So yeah. So I like yeah. you know. So I like the, those those kind of things. And also thinking back to the first season with the Nazis and going to South America and all that kind of stuff. It was again like a lot of the bookends of 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 of, of the first for, of, of the series. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I think everything that they did with Dials was um, good, served the story, and it made a lot of sense in terms of these characters concluding mm-hmm. their own stories. Yeah. Um, is there anything else? Oh, we, we still, we, uh, Rouge. We can't, we yeah. can't, yeah. Um, I could totally end this podcast without talking about Rouge. I have no problem <laughs> doing that. Yeah. So, but, but if you want to say something about Rouge. Yeah, no, I just, I, I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's no secret. I was not a big fan of Rouge character. Um, I felt. You know, as we especially the third and fourth seasons that we talked about this show, but I will say that the these last three episodes in particular really is where I like finally warmed up to to Rouge and um, made it very cool. I was like, oh, I see the purpose of why she was a part of a part of this team, um, and 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 just. You know her goodbye with Vic there, and and Vic's just like, look, you know, if you cross that line, I'm, I'll be there to like pull you back. So, the whole burning, burning, literally burning down the ant farm, um, and um, you know, I guess to I guess create something new, uh, or or all, but I just thought that hearing, I really just really like that sequence because you just had the, the theme song of the series like playing while she like burns down the burns down the ant farm because it was basically the place where all these misfits were like 
birth it from, uh, you know, where all these, you know, with these crazy experiments on metahuman people making people metahumans and whatnot. Um, and and so for her to burn it all down, uh, you know, it was a nice bit of a little closure as well to go along with, uh, you know, with uh, Rita's, you know, closure, uh, getting him to be with Malcolm at the end too. That was a nice little touch. Um, and then of course Cliff's, Cliff's ending. Um, yeah, like as we as we started out at the beginning, uh, we could close it out at the end. Um, yeah, how fitting it was for him to get the last word. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And on that note, Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Will M. Polk, W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can find me there too at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Find us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and threads at Scene underscore N underscore Nerd. And visit our website, www.sceneandnerdpodcast.com. But most importantly, rate, follow, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. <laughs>